but let me first welcome Neha and uh, let me also introduce Neha Srivastav, our next panelist, to all of you. So she is the president and the founder of Shaktitva Foundation. She completed her master's from Columbia and is now doing a degree in public policy from Johns Hopkins. So she dons many hats. She is an engineer by profession and a socio-political commentator, activist, writer by passion, and ardent worshiper of Shakti. And she has a special interest in exploring the effects of colonization on native cultures. So she is going to talk to us about dharmic feminism and indigenous feminism and Chaktit Foundation. Please go ahead, Neha. Thank you so much, uh, Sumedha ji, for that introduction. And thank you, Indic Academy, for inviting me to be a part of this wonderfully curated uh, webinar with such an august panel. Really honored. Um, so over the past several years, um, I have worked extensively in the field of Indic feminism. Today, I will briefly share with you my findings as I discuss how my own personal journey has led me into setting up Shaktitva Foundation. As an ardent worshiper of Madurga and an independent woman, the Western feminist interpretation of Hinduism, or shall I say misinterpretation, just never sat right with me. The deeper I looked into the matter, the more disillusioned I became with the state of affairs. As I read the works of masters like Professor Ardluri and Bagchi, S.N. Balgangadhara, and Sri Elst, alongside the works of academic feminists, it became clear to me that almost all of the feminist commentary on Indic traditions, especially Hinduism, was informed by theories propounded by colonial Indology. There has been absolutely no attempt to decolonize in this field. We often find that these critical analyses are not an attempt to uncover the truth or understand the subject, but an exercise to force fit evidence to confirm their pre-drawn conclusions. Moreover, we often find that these feminist criticisms, even when coming from supposedly grassroots feminists in India, are actually far removed from the lived experiences of Indic women. A vast majority of commentary on Hindu traditions that these colonized feminists espouse not only show woeful ignorance of the facts and in a lazy analysis of basic understanding of Hinduism, but also a disconnect from the society. In the context of the larger feminist movement, in fact, if we find we find that the Indian feminists are in fact stuck in the second wave. So uh, Sumedha ji had introduced the waves earlier. So I want to like highlight this, that even in the context of the larger Western feminist uh, movement, we are not at pace, right? We're, we're far behind, we're still stuck in the second wave feminism. And of course, all this clamor allows real issues to be brushed under the carpet for various reasons, including political expediency, because everybody needs to find the next uh, paycheck and doesn't, nobody wants to end up in jail. So this means that feminism in Indic society is not at all serving the ideal it is supposed to, which is to further the interests of women or to provide them representation among the power structures of the society. Instead, what we find is that this neo-colonial system is weaponizing our very existence to serve its own agenda of attacking one of the last bastions of indigenous thought. No wonder that a large number of ordinary Hindu women do not identify with this brand of, of feminism at all. We saw this in the case of Sabrimala Temple, which was very nearly desecrated in the name of getting rights for Hindu women. However, the voices of the same millions of Hindu women were ignored to the point we were not even given a seat at the table. The sole mandate of representing us was handed to colonized elites who do not represent us or even relate to us in any possible way. So there are so many other instances where Hindu traditions are analyzed from these colonial lenses, 
where researchers would use presumptions of Western society to interpret our culture. Unfortunately, the impact of this flawed system is not limited to isolated academic commentary on traditions. But it has now escalated to the point that these biased and frankly Hindu-phobic interpretations are affecting our very every aspect of our lives. I'll share some examples with you. During the course of our work in Shaktitwa, we discovered that Hindu refugee girls from Bhutan who have found refuge in the US are being targeted by evangelists citing oppressive menstrual restrictions in Hinduism as reasons for conversion to Christianity. Similarly, when working with Indic victims of domestic violence in the West, personally, I discovered that these women too, once again, were being targeted by evangelists who would claim that violence that they experienced in their households was rooted in Hindu traditions. Now, even if we ignore the irony of trying to convert girls to Christianity using feminism, there is this glaring fact that the period leave is a feminist task in the West. And I support that. And that not only intimate partner violence is just as prevalent in Western countries, several Abrahamic religions provide scriptural sanction to such violence, which is entirely absent in Hinduism. Even those feminist Western circles, which have long benefited from Indic knowledge, which we now colloquially known as the new age circles or yoga circles, can be seen as fetishizing or commodifying our sacred philosophies, even as they peddle colonial theories about the very same cultures they profit from. For example, a few years ago, a white American woman made a documentary called Yoga Woman, where they claimed that the white suburban moms had saved yoga from patriarchal Hindu men and thus liberated it. And this is not an isolated incident. We routinely see exploitation of people of color in the yoga circles, reduction of sacred concepts to consumerism to the point of obscenity, and racism and xenophobia in the name of objective criticisms. I was shocked to find out that in the American New Age circles, our sacred tantra, the, the Devi tantra, has become code for sex work. This attack of on this attack of predatory saviorism, this is what I call it, like it's predatory saviorism in the name of feminism or modernity or enlightenment liberalism is not limited to Hinduism either. Practically every indigenous culture, especially those that have managed to survive despite several Abrahamic assaults, is routinely victimized, caricatured, and Eurocentric academic theories are weaponized to continue the work of colonialists. So once you start comparing the tactics used by neo-colonialists and Christian supremacists against various indigenous traditions, we see a clear pattern emerge in the kind of epistemic violence that is un unleashed against all of us. Fortunately, this also means that we are not alone in this fight. We are now seeing emergence of a small but determined community of feminists who are committed to decoloniality and fair representation of non-dominant traditions, cultures, and people from the global south. These emerging transnational indigenous feminist traditions are a heartening development and one that forms our most natural sisterhood for, for Indic feminists specifically. So Shaktitva means the state of being Shakti. And the name itself is a dedication to the principle of divine feminine in Hinduism. This is important because over the past two millennia with the rise of various Abrahamic traditions, the world has seen a steady decline in the acknowledgement of the divine feminine. God has become exclusively male, and that has reflected in a corresponding decline in the status of women as well. For it, because if we can't even imagine divinity to be feminine, then what will we do about the ordinary women? So thus, it is important to highlight that Hinduism remains the only one in the top three religions of the world where femininity of divinity 
is still celebrated with all the glory that she deserves. Normally, one would think that this fact alone should be enough to inspire feminists around the world to study this glorious tradition, especially Shaktiya traditions in great detail. And yet what we find is an absolute lack of any noteworthy work in the last hundred years. Through Shaktitva Foundation, which is a registered nonprofit organization started two years ago with an inspiration from Madurga herself, we seek to change this. The Shiva Shakti or Purusha Prakriti principle in Indic tradition forms the foundational bedrock of our philosophy. We seek to build a platform where Indic and indigenous women can clearly stand up and say not in my name to these Hindophobic and neo-colonialists who seek to use us as weapons against our own heritage. At Shaktitva, we work with many researchers, many of these uh, whom are in the panel itself, scholars and academics to encourage decolonial research into topics of interest for indigenous feminists. On our website, you can find important uh, research on several topics. For example, our campaign on Holi, Raksha Bandhan and Navratri has been very successful in creating greater awareness in this area. And we are committed to encouraging more authentic scholarship in this field. We also have several grassroots projects in the works, in addition to the ones I mentioned before, which should start showing results in the new year. We are committed to not only changing the narrative in academic and political spaces, but also bringing about practical solutions to real issues of Indic women that are often ignored. We intend to invest in exploring holistic solutions for issues that the contemporary Hindu woman faces today from a decolonial lens without any predetermined agendas. We are proud women who have a long history from Gargi Vachaknavi to Ubhaya Bharti, from Rani Durgavati to Captain Lakshmi Sahagal. We can speak for ourselves, represent ourselves. We do not need white saviors or brown mame sahibs to speak for us. In our journey, we surrender to Madurga, who is the Adi Parashakti, Mahadevi, Mahagauri, Mahalakshmi, and the absolute truth, and she is all that we will ever need. Srishti Stiti Vinasha Nam, Shakti Bhute Sanatani, Gunashraye Gunmaye Narayani Namostate. Thank you. Thank you, Neha. That was very passionate and very inspiring. And uh, one can see that you have uh, you have spent a lot of time thinking about it and you are doing your work according to certain precepts that you have already thought about.